Hello and welcome to the Money Talk podcast. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, what do you say to nervous investors in volatile markets like the ones we're now living through? Beyond the terrible human cost, the ongoing war in Ukraine has led to dramatic movements in financial markets and the news seems unlikely to get better anytime soon. Against that backdrop, how can investors reduce their risk of making costly mistakes? That's the focus today. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. Even seasoned market watchers will have been made nervous by the large swings in asset prices that have followed from Russia's invasion of Ukraine. For novice investors, it may all seem like a ride they would rather just get off completely. The risk of making costly mistakes is greatly increased at times like this, which is why having a plan even if it's just a few rules of thumb, can really pay off in the long run. But what should those rules be? What should nervous investors be thinking about as markets fall? To help answer that, I'm joined by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. Tom, welcome along. Um, I was uh, I was prompted to start this discussion today because uh, it reflects actually some real conversations that I've been having with friends and people that I know in real life, um, many of whom have got started with investing for the first time over the over the past couple of years and for them and other people that are very new to investing it can really be quite an uncomfortable experience when markets do what they have been doing for the last week or two. Um, Shall I start Tom by asking you to put these market movements in some kind of context what's been the effect so far of Russia's action and, and where does it all fit in with the recent history of markets over the last couple of years? Yes. Okay. I mean, I think you, you know you're you're right to sort of draw attention to people that may have uh, arrived on the investing scene in the last couple of years, because if that is the case, then um, you know they will have lived under the illusion that markets just sort of go up, because over the past couple of years mm. since the pandemic uh, crash, almost exactly two years ago, um, that that's what they've done, and this has been the first real uh, correction that that many people will have experienced. I mean, I think what we've seen in the last couple of weeks has been quite a bit of uh, volatility, uh, unsurprisingly, because uh, investors were taken unawares by the invasion of Ukraine. And so they had to scramble really to sort of catch up with with reality. Uh, And also, I think, you know, the volatility has been caused also because, you know, different assets, uh, different geographies, have responded in 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 a very different way to to what's going on uh, in Ukraine. So some things have been going up and some things have been going down quite sharply in both directions. And so I think that that's maybe a bit confusing for people who are who are new to this to see, uh, you know, the price of some uh, assets like the oil price, for example, uh, going sharply higher. The gold price being very strong and at the same time stock markets falling uh, quite heavily in in some cases so yeah it's 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 a mixed bag at the moment and that's a bit confusing for people i suspect yes and 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 obviously this this action by russia um has been it well there were certainly worries about it it's obviously in all sorts of ways turning out to be far more worrying than than people thought the effect on markets can be can be seen but markets were falling anyway weren't they tom really uh, almost to the day from from the turn of the year, yeah. um, m- many parts of the market are in in correction territory. That means a ten percent fall from below their peak. Other parts are even worse than that in bear market territory. Things like the Nasdaq, for example, in in the US, that's now twenty percent where it was. Mm. But that follows 
two years, as you say, since the pandemic, when markets were rising, even if you take into account the falls in 2020 as a result of that pandemic. 2020 turned out to be, broadly speaking, a positive year. It certainly would have been for, for a lot of investors. Uh, and then 2021 was, again, you know, despite all the worries about pandemic and everything else, a very good year in terms of returns. This clearly wipes away a lot of that, but it's important to have that context of where what markets have been doing in the in the period before this. Yes, and you're and you're absolutely right to point out that the that the correction that we've seen has not simply been a consequence of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, it also reflects uh, some pre-existing. Uh, concerns which were largely around inflation and the central bank response to that inflation, uh, the beginning of a of a tightening cycle, uh, higher interest rates, uh, in particular in, in in the US, and and that's why we've seen since the beginning of the year markets have fallen. I mean, we, the the US market in particular um, down about. Uh, well, more than 10% actually since since the beginning mm. of the year. And that's really um, only a little bit to do with what's going on uh, in Russia. And we'll come to the sort of geographical element here. But really, the further away you get from, from the action in, in Ukraine, the less the market impact has been. And in the case of the US, the correction is really all about um, uh, inflation and, and interest rates and much less about uh, war in Europe. Yeah, indeed. And and as I mentioned, Tom, um, I've, I've been talking to, to friends about their investing over the past few weeks. I'm sure you're the same as me because you work in the business. People tend to sort of seek you out for some informal <laughs> sort of adv- advice mm. and you quickly have to explain that you don't know anything <laughs> that, and that uh, you certainly don't know how they can make they can make money. But you can sort of impart some general uh, some general rules, and that's what I kind of wanted to get into in this discussion. Yeah, um, it's been interesting actually with these people. You know, probably because markets had been actually doing really well over the past couple of years. We know that um, one of the sort of odd, weird effects of the pandemic was that it created a bubble of people who actually, if they were secure in their jobs, might have ended up with um, a bit of money to put aside because a lot of their costs fell away. And, and I guess that the, the people I'm talking about fall into that category they had this great enthusiasm for investing uh, and that's fallen away somewhat shall we say Mm. over the past couple of months but um it's funny when I first started talking to them it was before Christmas and and we sort of said that you know these are the various things that are happening in markets that could come along and and sort of derail them and 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 absolutely Russia and Ukraine was one of those things because at that point there was an amassing of troops on the border in Ukraine. Um, we also had this issue around central banks and, and and monetary policy. It's a harder thing to explain, but it was probably the thing that was more germane to, to markets at that at that point. Um, but really, the first thing I wanted to explain for these people that were relatively new to investing was that as a long term investor with 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 a long time horizon before them, market falls are not really something to be feared. Now, if you've got lots of money held in invested assets they can obviously be painful but if you've got this longer time horizon which many of these people will have um, it can actually be beneficial to begin your investing journey when prices are are a bit suppressed right yeah that's absolutely right i mean one of the one of the curiosities of stock markets um i suppose it's something that it shares maybe with the property market as well is that is that people people actually want 
uh, the assets that they buy to be expensive, whereas it, almost any other market in the world, if you went down to the fruit and veg market and uh, and and were, were buying, you know, apples and pears and bananas, you'd be very happy if they were cheap. But when it comes to stocks, because you already own the stocks, you don't already own the apples and pears that you're buying. Obviously, so you want them to be cheap. But because you already own stocks, uh, you, you want them to be expensive. Now, that's not true, as you say, at the beginning of your investing career. At the beginning of your investing career, when you don't really own uh, very much and you know, you're looking forward to, to building those assets over time, it's actually, you're absolutely right, it's, it, it, it's much better that, that, that markets are cheap. So if there is a correction early in your investing career then actually you should you should you should welcome it because you know in the long run that's going to stand you in extremely good stead yeah and and even if you are you know you've got some some assets saved away as long as you have this sort of long enough time horizon as i say then then you can afford to be a bit more philosophical about periods like the one we're in um if you've got enough time before you think you're going to need your money you can at least try to wait out periods like this. I guess the question, Tom, is is ensuring that you really do have that time horizon and properly kind of reassess your your sort of principles and the building blocks of your own investing. Yes, and 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 you know, you may not be surprised to hear that I can bring some uh, different insight to that question because mm. uh, because I have less time um, uh, than well than you and I suspect the people that you're uh, talking to uh, uh, about this. And so, you know, the closer you do come to retirement and, and needing uh, your money, then your tolerance for uh, the ups and downs of the market uh, is, is naturally. Um, reduced um and and you're right that it's a, it's as that time goes by you need to constantly rethink your um your asset allocation and your tolerance for 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 risk for the ups and downs of the market because uh, there is less time to to rectify uh, any problems that 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 come along uh but you know anyone with with 15 20 25 years to go can remain extremely relaxed about the ups and downs of the market because there's plenty of time for uh, for the market to bounce back. As we've seen in the last couple of years, it can bounce back very quickly. Yeah, and actually, well, you mentioned there that the, the topic of, of people sort of approaching that retirement point. I mean, that's a whole that's a whole conversation in itself mm. because there's there, there's all sorts of ways you can access your money and and you know you 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 can avoid or it might be possible to avoid sort of crystallizing those losses straight away but that, that's i mean that's probably a mm. podcast in itself it is. um but um but is there something to say here tom about regular contributions to to investments because those new to investing are likely to have you know they might have some money to invest now but it's really going to be over these regular contributions in the future that they build their pot of investments and one of the things I try to impress upon people I've spoken to is that is that by phasing their investments either the regular contributions they're going to make in the future or even if they've got a lump sum now if you phase that investment they it is genuinely easier to to watch these movements in markets because you know that if things do fall you're going to be able to make an investment in the future where your assets the assets that you're buying are going to be cheaper and and that is that does make things a lot easier to handle. And it's actually, as we've sort of touched upon, what you're probably going to need in the long run to compound up um, higher returns for the future. Yes. And, and you know, for, for most people, 
they don't have any choice about this because their, their their savings are naturally going to come from their income. And so they're going to be receiving money uh, on a regular basis, um, you know, through their through their paychecks. Uh, and so therefore locking their the investment cycle into the into the earning cycle as well. So as money comes in, you know, investing some of it in the market, uh, you know, obviously makes sense. But you're also right to point out that, you know, from time to time, people do get, um, you know, lump sums, whether that's, you know, from a from a bonus or from an inheritance or, or for, for whatever reason, um, the sale of a property or whatever, they will get a lump sum. And even then, you know, there is considerable merit in dripping the money into the market over time because it does allow you to benefit from from the ups and downs of the market and you know when when the market does fall periodically it will do as we've seen um you do have the opportunity to 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 buy more for your money and uh, that's a good thing yeah this is an effect called um uh, pound cost averaging and it, there is often some confusion around this it it's it's something that uh it works if markets are falling, doesn't it? Because, you know, the effect that you described there, you buy a bit more with your um, your money each time. Your your average purchase price gets lower if markets fall. It can work in reverse. I mean, if you, if you invest and markets go higher, your average purchase price is going to be higher. But this is a, a psychological thing. That's a much happier boat, isn't it? When, when, you know, people tend not to be complaining about their average cost of purchase for, for investments when markets are going up because they're going up so that's yeah so they like that i but mean it's a, it's, it's a point it, it worth, tends to work in reverse it is a, yeah. it is a point worth making that you know clearly if if the market is is rising uh strongly um you know throughout the next year if the market rises strongly and you've got a, a lump sum at the beginning then by definition you're better off investing it now than than throughout the year but but i think you're right to make the point about the psychological uh impact you're making money in that in that in that eventuality you're making money you're not going to be too concerned whereas going the other way if the market is falling you know you absolutely will be concerned yeah and and what about tom those people who are worried enough to to get to the brink of selling the assets that they've got the risk assets like like shares or even bonds um if if they're going to make that kind of drastic decision what 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 can we say about the risks they face of 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 getting it wrong or right of course i mean we we don't pretend to know what's going to happen in the future but what are the risks Mm. i think the most important risk here is is one of uh timing and and psychology it's the the intersection of timing and and psychology the, the reality is that you know you can sell out but uh, you need to then buy back in. It's a two-part decision, if you like. You have to sell well, mm. and then you have to buy again well. And the, the psychological aspect of this is that if the market has just fallen or is in the process of falling, uh, it's very difficult to force yourself to, um, to to buy back into the market. And this is, of course, the, you know, this is another reason why regularly drip, dripping your money into the market is a good thing, because it takes the sentiment, the psychology out of it. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, getting both of those decisions is 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 very difficult indeed. And the reality is that most people will sell and they will fail to get back in time so actually their their returns will look a lot better than with the benefit of hindsight looking at the chart and saying oh yes well i sold there and i bought back in there very few people actually managed to do that consistently well yeah that's right and 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 it can sometimes fit well i guess there's there's going to be some people who just 
you know, experience like like this one. And unless you know, it, it, the weird thing is, we we had a very similar experience. Well, not not exactly the same, but we had a big market fall two years ago, as you said, almost exactly. So this isn't a, a sort of brand new experience for investors. But if there, you know, some people will just be completely uncomfortable in markets like this, and, and maybe they just shouldn't be investing in that case. But for the ones, as you say, who do want to get back in in the future. You know, don't kid yourself that there there'll be this sort of nice, long, prolonged moment when everyone recognises the bottom of the market. Mm. It's by definition that is not what happens. Mm. It, the, the snapback in markets tends to be rapid. In the case of the pandemic recovery, it was incredibly rapid, and it would have been very, very, very difficult to sort of sell on the way down and then buy back in at a point to capture the upside, which is the intention behind that decision, mm. really. Mm. Um, and 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 that's an important point, isn't it? That um, you know, people will say the best days often follow the worst days. If you're in it for the whole thing, it's surprising how that tends to work out. Yeah, yeah. And one other thing that we haven't talked about, Ed, which I think is really important here, uh, with particular uh, regard to the current situation, is um, is diversification. I've actually been writing about um, uh, diversification uh, uh, just just this week, actually, and and. It's particularly relevant to the current situation because different ge- geographical markets have responded very differently to uh, to the events uh, in the Ukraine. I mentioned this sort of uh, at the top of this discussion, that if you look at what's happened in the US in the last couple of weeks, it's broadly moved sideways, the market, um, at mm. the same time as uh, the German market, for example, or the more or more generally European stock markets have lost more than 10% of their value in a very short uh, space of time. Now, if you... Uh, if you have a well diversified portfolio, if you're if you've if you've put your eggs in in more than one geographical basket, if you've got some invested in America, some in Europe, some in Japan, some in the UK, for example, then your overall experience will actually probably not look too bad. Uh, you know, you've probably lost money, but you will have lost a lot less uh, than you might. Uh, suspect had you just been watching the headlines of what's been going on uh, in Europe. It's, it, diversification is such an important aspect of of, um, uh, of investment, and we've talked about some of the other rules of thumb. But I just I really wanted to just highlight that as being so terribly important. Uh, absolutely, Tom. Yeah, it's a really good point, and and uh, yeah, I can bring my own experience to this. I mean, you. I'm I'm terrible. I read I read all the headlines and I I, I read all the headlines and I check my, I check my investments far too often mm. and it can it can kind of without realizing it you get into a state of of a sort of a feverish sort of nervousness around around this stuff and I but I actually stopped and did some of the numbers on my own investing in the, in over the last couple of months and I think I think pro, I mean I certainly have lost money and I think I think probably something like a uh, I don't know, maybe a sort of eight percent mm. fall. I've, I've, I face it, you know, and I, I've, I would probably have a higher risk um, profile than a lot of lot of investors. Yep. And listen, that's a painful, that's a painful thing to take. But if you if you consider how dire the news and some of the headlines have actually been, then in the big picture, set against the gains that we've seen over the past two years as well, this is just you just got to take your medicine sometimes, Tom. And, and this is one of those periods where. You've got to get through it because um, we've had some good times and these bad times are just as much a part of investing as those, you know, those those prolonged periods where things gently rise and 
markets aren't in the headlines but everyone's making money yeah and, and you rightly mentioned the experience of two years ago i mean you know unless you're a very new investor you did have that experience so we have we've been through it we do know that markets can fall in a pretty scary fashion but if you stick with it you know and ride out the storm um you know a couple of years later it all looks very very different so i i uh I think you're absolutely right. I think that many people will have a similar experience. You know, they will have they will have made some losses, which will feel a bit painful, uh, but nothing like as painful as you might imagine if you'd really focused, as I'm afraid we all do at the moment, on you know the terrible news coming out of Ukraine. Indeed, indeed, Tom. Well, look, um, hopefully there's some uh, some comforting words in there for for nervous investors right now. Um, that is it for now, Tom. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Ed. You've been listening to the Money Talk podcast. Check fidelity.co.uk for daily written updates and articles on these and other topics from across Fidelity in the UK. And subscribe via iTunes to get the podcast downloaded direct to your devices every week. Please be aware that the value of investments and the income you get from them can go down as well as up, so you may not get back what you invest. This information doesn't constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. Eligibility to invest in an ISA or a pension and the value of tax savings depends on personal circumstances and all tax rules may change. You will not normally be able to access money held in a pension until the age of 55. Reference to specific securities or funds should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities or funds and is included for the purpose of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you're unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor.